0: You're listening to the news on RTHK. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3.
1: Good morning. Congratulations, Australia. It's 8.03 in Hong Kong. This is Money Talk on Radio 3 on Monday, the 7th of November. Peter Lewis here with a new week of business and finance news. In a sign of a resilient jobs market, US employers created 261,000 new positions in October, but it was the fewest since December 2020. It was still more, though, than consensus forecasts of 200,000. The unemployment rate ticked up to 3.7% from 3.5% previously, just above its pre-pandemic low. Average hourly earnings rose by a greater than expected 0.4% and an acceleration from September's increase of 0.3%. Beijing has quashed rumours of an imminent easing of the country's strict zero Covid restrictions, which sent Hong Kong stocks soaring last week On Saturday, an official from the National Administration of Disease Control and Prevention, speaking at a media briefing in Beijing, said China will hold fast to dynamic zero COVID and its prevention and control plans are completely correct, the most economical and effective. It warned the situation was set to become even more severe and complex when the winter flu season arrives. HSBC's largest shareholder, Ping An, publicly called for a breakup of the bank and aggressive cost cuts. Michael Huang, chairman of Ping An Asset Management, told the Financial Times that it was urgent that HSBC goes further on cost cutting to bring down its expenses, which it said were far higher than its rivals. He also criticised the quality of top management in Hong Kong, saying that a number of senior bankers who had moved to Hong Kong didn't have sufficient experience of working in Asia. And he also criticised the bank's pivot to Asia strategy unveiled in 2020, saying the market hasn't seen any substantial actions or material results over the past two to three years. On today's Money Talk, we're joined by Alex Wong, director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management, and Sunil Kashap, director at Finmet. With a view from mainland China, is Yan'an Wu, chairman of Zheng Bao. Money Talk on
0: RTHK.
1: Three. On Wall Street, US stocks rallied on Friday but snapped a four-week winning streak on concerns over the pace of interest rate rises. The S&P 500 advanced 1.4% to settle at 3,771 for a weekly loss of 3.3%. The Dow gained 402 points, or 1.3%, to close at 32,403. Over the week, it outperformed the other major indices, losing just 1.4%. The Nasdaq rose 1.3% to finish at 10,475. And for the week, it was down 5.6%. That's the worst week since January. In Europe, the Stock 600 index added 1.5% over the week. The UK's FTSE 100 jumped more than 4% over the five sessions. Rumours of a relaxation of the mainland's zero COVID policy and China reopening sent Hong Kong stocks soaring on Friday. Although the governments hadn't formally announced a change in policy. And on Saturday, Beijing quashed those rumours, setting up markets for more volatile trading today. Hong Kong's benchmark Hang Seng Index saw the biggest weekly jump since 2011. The Hang Seng Index surged Friday by 822 points or 5.4% to 16,161 for a weekly gain of 8.7%. However, the benchmark index is still down 31% for 2022 so far. Chinese stocks listed in Hong Kong capped their best week since 2015. The Hang Seng China Enterprises Index soared 6% on Friday and 9% for the week. The gains were led by the technology sector. The Hang Seng Tech Index jumped 7.5% on the day and 15.6% for the week. Alibaba rose almost 11% Friday, while Tencent rose almost 8%. Electric vehicle makers Xpeng climbed over 24% and Neo jumped 20%. On the mainland, stocks capped their best week since July 2020. The Shanghai composite rose 5.3% over the week to 3,071. Rumours of China reopening sent commodities soaring. Oil prices bounced $4 a barrel, that's over 5%, their largest jump in a month. But this morning, Brent crude oil is down 1.6% at $0.96.98 cents a barrel. Industrial metals such as copper surged 8% on Friday to breach $8,000 a tonne for the first time in two months. Gold settled 2.3% higher at a three-week high. This morning, it's at $1,674 an ounce. The US 10-year Treasury yield rose two basis points to to 4.16%, while the yield curve saw pronounced steepening. And the US dollar index fell 2%, that's its biggest daily fall since 2015, as the Green Bank lost ground against a rising Chinese yuan, a surging euro, and a host of other currencies. But this morning, it's bouncing back on that China zero COVID news. The euro is at 99 dollars cent. The Japanese yen settled 1% higher on Friday. This morning, it's at 146.91 versus the dollar. The British pound ended the week 2% lower at $1.13 and three quarters and eight Hong Kong dollars and 89 cents. Offshore yuan, onshore are sorry, soared 1.6% Friday to 7.18, the biggest one-day rise since 2005 on rumors of the relaxation of China's zero Covid policy. Offshore yuan advanced 2% versus a dollar Friday. That's the best day since August 2010. But this morning, Offshore yuan has dropped 0.8%. It's currently at 7.23 and a half per dollar after health authorities quashed those rumours on Saturday. And Bitcoin jumped 6% last week to back above $21,000. But this morning it is sliding a little. It's trading right now at $20,900. In Asian stock markets, the S X 200 up half a percent. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 has risen 0.8 percent. The Cosby is up two thirds of a percent. But traders are expecting the Hang Seng to open about 60 points lower this morning. What, what is anticipated to be a very highly volatile session. <laughs> Times 8.10, Alex Wong, director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management is with us. Morning, Alex. Hi, morning, Peter. And also with us, Sunil Cash App, director at FinMet. Morning to you, Sunil. Good morning, Peter. Let's start with that jobs data uh, from the US. 261,000 new jobs created in October, but it was the fewest since December 2020. Down from 300, uh, 315,000 jobs in September, but better than forecasts. Economists have been expecting 200,000 jobs. The unemployment rate ticked up to 3.7% from 3.5% and the labour force participation rate was down slightly at 62.2% and average hourly earnings rose by a greater than expected 0.4%. The annual pace fell from 5% year-on-year in September to 4.7% year-on-year uh, in October. So, Alex and Suni, all these latest government figures seem to suggest there has been some mild softening in the labour market, but is it enough, do you think, to keep the Fed happy? I think the Fed uh, actually will
2: still keep uh, raising rate a little bit more because the job market is still quite resilient. Um, Of course, the market actually is expecting to slow down in the the, the pace of the rise already. So um, that's why I think the market reacted um, uh, just a little bit uh, after the the announcement.
1: So the job market actually is surprisingly resilient in the US. When you say they're going to raise the rates a little bit more, how much more do you think? Are we going to have another 75 basis point rate hike in December or are they going to slow down? I think they will slow down. I think probably half point this time.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, you asked the question: Is the Fed happy? I, I don't think they're they're hap- necessarily happy. Um, you know, their action in terms of in- interest rate increases and also uh, quantitative tightening is really uh, meant to um, affect companies, mm-hmm. um, and um, so that then they can maybe stop rising raising uh, prices and also. Uh, slow down wage increase and slow down hiring, which will then have an impact in terms of demand. So they're trying to really, you know, uh, affect the third derivative of their action. Mm. Um, and that takes time. Um, and so, so far, there are no real signs that uh, it's had any meaningful effect yet. Um, you still have, uh, you know, new jobs being created, you still have salaries going up, like you said, um, and you still have prices going up. So, in that sense, I think the Fed is still going to wait and watch. I, I think it's it's early to decide what they do in December. Um, you know, like Alex said, they may not go seventy-five because they think, okay, let let's just you know slow down a bit to see, uh, let it give time for the increase uh, to filter through to, into the market. Um, but um, you know, I think we're far away from going that going to a point where they say they'll stop. They'll, they'll
1: keep increasing. So they won't be happy with those wage gains, will they? Because they're still strong, and the U.S. economy uh, <coughs> is creating far more jobs than the uh, the population growth co- can accommodate. So that's going to continue putting up more pressure on wages, isn't it? Yes, of course. I think uh, the
2: the wage increase is, is a concern. Uh, this time, I think uh, uh, we we are still having a a, a bigger than expected wage wage, wage mm-hmm. hike, and uh, but. The uh, the thing is that uh, we have uh, a softening in the uh, U.S. dollar and also the um, commodity markets. So that will
1: help a little bit. I think we're hearing a lot of companies um, sort of cutting back on hiring and laying off staff. Stripe said uh, it was going to cut about fourteen percent of its. Her uh, workforce lift uh, was going to cut. We've talked Amazon and Apple, both talking about pausing hiring, but it doesn't seem to be reflected in the jobs data, which is going from strength to strength. What, why is that? Yeah, it's, so it's it's something notic- no, noticeable,
3: right? If you look at all the companies that are uh, actually announcing the job cuts, they're all technology companies. Mm. So what you have is a, an adjustment taking place where these people went and hired so many. Uh, so many folks, um, because driven by the high market valuations and, and given by the fact that cash was being pumped into the companies, they felt that they needed to grow. And the the, the hiring did not really result in earnings growth. So I think they're now trying to to reduce costs and that's why you're seeing uh, firings there, but you know that accounts for only one segment of the uh, the economy. By far the largest segment of the economy in terms of employment is services and manufacturing and such like, and mm-hmm. that's, that's still growing.
1: And do you think then that when we get to next year, 2023, is that going to represent the beginning of a very different economic climate in the sense that it's going to start to get much tougher, uh, a much tougher labour market for job seekers. Do you think that's going to change next year? I
2: think the market is probably in a
1: mild recession, at least in the US. So um,
2: what you say, probably that would filter into the job market, so um, probably the market would
1: be tougher uh, at that time. (laughs) And I know you said the data, you know, suggests that the Fed has got to keep going. But at some point, surely, they are going to have to pause, aren't they? Because rates have have risen a lot this year. And as you said, Sunil, it takes a while uh, for these policy changes to affect um, the real economy. Presumably, at some point, they are going to have to take stock and say, well, what is the impact of this? Let's see. Yeah. So actually, look at it right now. Right now, you have inflation rate, even if you
3: look at core PCE. Of six percent you have rates at around four percent so you still have negative interest rates mm-hmm. right so it'll take time what may happen is interest rates have to go up inflation has to come down rates real rates have to become positive then you start talking about okay it's time to slow down
1: so we need some good inflation data don't we soon pretty soon to show that these uh, these rate hikes are having an effect because so far we're not getting that correct okay let's turn to um the the local markets out here um rumors of china reopening uh sent commodities soaring sent hong kong stocks uh soaring they were boosted on friday after the former head of china's center for disease control and prevention told a citigroup conference that many new Uh, Covid policies are going to be introduced over the next five to six months. And he said there was going to be a substantive change to Covid policy. And he also suggested that China could reopen its border with Hong Kong in early 2023. He also had writers reporting that China may shorten its quarantine rule from inbound travellers from 10 days to seven. But then on Saturday, Uh, an official from the National Administration of Disease Control and Prevention, seemed to quash all of that, said China's going to unswervingly adhere to the COVID zero policy. And he said previous practices approved that the prevention and control plans are completely correct. Um, So, Alex, first of all, what do you make of this? We're really getting very conflicting stories, aren't we? Lots of rumours going around social media, markets surging, and then get the denials. What, What do we do? I think we're talking
2: probably the market will still uh, be very nervous but I don't think uh, people would be very comfortable to go long or go short uh, here because the valuation is so low and and and, and actually many shots get burned last week and the market is purely uh, rumour driven and also uh, we probably will be the, the officials probably will be talking about different timelines, so we would not have an imminent uh, uh, relaxation, but next looking into next year, probably we will have something different. so I think uh, the market will be nervous. Uh, and because uh, this is a very complicated issues and, and, and the timelines we're talking about, we are talking about probably will be different. So I think uh, the market will be perfectly nervous and, and the market actually is a, is a period much different last week. so probably we will continue to see the volatile situation to continue this week.
3: Yeah and uh, you know I think the, you know the contradiction you talked about um Peter is 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 being played out in Hong Kong too right mm, so you're seeing the fact that on the one hand we are opening up quote unquote and you know the 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 the, the market forces are driving towards uh, more openness, more uh, activity, economic activity, uh, and on the other hand, um, we can still uh, the, the the health officials and and even senior um, government officials are still stating that they're you know they're not going to lie flat and they will continue to remain strict, etc. So I think that's similar kind of two-way. Um, evolution is going to play out in china too
1: do you think the authorities what they're doing here is preparing us maybe for an eventual reopening even if it is a few months uh, away because despite those denials on saturday you then get an article in the people's daily that basically plays down the long-term impact of covid infections on human health said symptoms were were mainly mild do you think that's what investors should be pricing in yeah of course i think China won't be closed
2: uh, forever, so and the and the economic impact actually would be greater and greater. And and if um, when companies like Apple move out their 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 manufacturing base from China to other places, then then that would be a big problem. So I think that they would uh, they know that and they would uh, relax the the, the restrictions uh, next year. So um,
1: at some point, I think that they would try to do something like Hong Kong. And Apple's uh, reported over the weekend, according to the Wall Street Journal, about the impacts of these shutdowns um, on, on production, and it's going to delay their production.
2: Yeah, so that's why they, they are trying to
1: reduce the impact,
2: diversify the manufacturing base, and that would not be a good uh, for, for China.
1: But I, I suppose last, what happened in the markets last week, not just to stocks, but to commodities, the offshore yuan, it is a sort of harbouring of what could come If China does eventually move away from zero COVID, couldn't it, we could get this enormous rally in risk assets, not just here, but maybe around the world? Yeah, I mean,
3: it'll also have to gel into the overall uh, global environment at that time. So imagine if the West is entering into a recession, at the same time, China starts opening up. Mm. So... It'll be an interesting uh, dynamic there where you you, I think you'll have the benefit of China opening up, but then you have the recession on the other side, so net net
1: we may be zero. So we do need China to open up because uh, the the, the rest of the world in recession and China uh, still uh, following zero COVID, it's pretty disastrous for the global economy correct What what happens next, Alex? With, with what do you do with the markets? Because often you find, I mean, this rebound was quite partly driven, well, quite a lot driven by a short squeeze, wasn't it? There was a massive short squeeze going on uh, last week. You had mainland funds stepping in through Stock Connect. Uh, to buy uh, Hong Kong stocks. But you often find that these short-squeeze-driven rebounds tend to also be short-lived as well. So where do we go from here? Is this rally sustainable?
2: I think this time probably uh, the the outlook is better because we got even lower valuations and because we are at lower levels. And I think uh, people get burnt uh, uh, this time very seriously. So I think the shots probably would would not be that that, that, uh, courageous now. So very likely we... Uh, at least we have seen a low probably in Hong Kong, so uh, we are likely to hold above that low. But uh, of course, the upside would still be quite limited. Uh, we will not be um, going for twenty thousand levels uh, soon. So uh, very likely we would drive um, away with a volatile with a volatile and and this is very difficult to trade. And uh, because if in the in in the in the in outside market, we are actually pricing in the uh, even still recessions and also yeah. a uh, higher rate scenario, so very likely um, we would we have seen a low, but uh, we probably may not go much higher from here.
3: Yeah, I think it's important to emphasize the the bigger sort of the the, the bigger industry economy in in China is still chugging along, right? You look at I, I saw September export numbers for China. They're at $350 billion. Mm. So this exports, right? Yeah, they're holding up well, aren't they? They're holding up really well. So something is happening right. I mean, of course, you know, the news focuses on a few situations which are bad. But I think overall the economy is still uh, healthy, chugging along. So in that sense, you know, when the numbers come out and you start seeing companies are still making money, um, I think that's going to hold up the market. That's what
1: Alex is saying. Alex, if, if you believe these rumors and you think China's about to reopen and you want to buy, what sectors would you go into? Uh,
2: of course, it's uh, uh, tourist-related sectors. Uh, yeah. You can buy in, in other market as well uh, and, and, and also I think that those are mega tax because they probably uh, they're they involved in everything uh, daily in their daily' life so I think that they also would also benefit And and I think that people would cover uh, and go in the the biggest um, market cap uh, companies uh, uh, at, at when they when they re-enter the market
1: so that's why the mega tax I think uh, would also benefit most and what about commodities if China's about to reopen do commodities get a boost? Yes, of course. Okay. Well, thank you for your thoughts. Have a good week. You heard there Alex Wong, director of Alex K.Y. Wong Asset Management, and Sunil Kashap, who's director at Finmet. You're
0: listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. RTHK Radio
2: 3.
1: Times 8.24. On the phone is Yan'an Wu, the chairman of Zheng Bell. Morning, Yan'an. Morning, Peter. How are you this morning? I'm very well indeed. So tell me what do you make of all of these, first of all, unverified online posts about China imminently reopening up, which is sending stocks uh, surging. And then you get shortly afterwards all these denials from uh, health authorities saying, no, nope, we're sticking with zero Covid. What, what's the message we should be taking here?
4: Yeah, it's uh, indeed a wide week, uh, you know, not only the market, but also on um, this Covid zero policy uh yeah it was uh, really the last week uh it the it looks like a bull market suddenly re surfaced. so so some market participants dubbed it as, uh, the gossip uh bull because the, the market really trade on sentiment trade on bull, the uh, gossips uh, the rumors uh i think the uh, it's multiple factors uh especially on a Friday what happened is the a few uh, resonance factors uh, one is this uh, uh, internal speech by the uh, former chief scientist for epidemiology of the CDC, Chinese CDC Center of Disease Control and Prevention, uh, at a uh, city uh, investment conference. Uh, internal speech. Uh, so it was talking about the COVID zero policy will be relaxed uh, in uh, in the few months. Especially, it was talk about uh, the reopening of the border. So from ten days quarantine period to five to seven days yeah so that's uh, really up the market and uh, you know the shanghai composite uh, more than six percent during the week and chinax more than eight percent for the week uh, if you look at hansen tax more than 14 percent for the week and 17 uh, percent for two weeks so so i think uh right now as you as you just discussed with the previous guys the short covering a short squeeze uh, really is driving the market uh, because the valuation is really low now, and uh, it's really the uh, sentiment. So, and the other factor is this uh, prime, the Chancellor, German Council Chancellor, uh, Mr. Schus visit uh, to Beijing, although it's only 11 hours. And uh, but the biotech uh, uh, CEO uh, was in the group, so the mRNA uh, vaccination. Uh, po- uh, the medicine for the China Chinese market is also talked about, and the other one, so, uh, the third one, factor is the the U.S. dollar index because mm. after the non farm non farm payroll, so the dollar index up, you know, down from 113 handle to 110 handle, and the RMB offshore market was up more than 2,000 basis points uh, in one day, the records, it's really the largest the record. since inception. Yeah, the record. Yeah. yeah. So, so much more you- resonance factors.
1: So do you think the authorities, though, despite the denials that we had um, on Saturday, do you think they are ultimately preparing uh, to try and uh, get themselves out of this zero COVID policy and to start opening up? Is, is that where things are, are heading?
4: Yeah, I think it's debating internally, I believe. Uh, but uh, I think there's also a few dilemmas. Uh, one is, as you can see, see that from the Saturday uh, press conference, are one of the factors, the senior uh, vaccination percentage is still low. Mm-hmm. and uh, So that's really waiting for the new uh, vaccination product. And the, there are four companies in China also uh, trying to do some uh, the last push for mRNA vaccination. So it's kind of competition between the domestic and the bionic uh, they are from the foreign uh, the market and the second one is this uh, uh, the, uh, the the 10th version of policy you know uh, right now it's nice uh, addition policy. so it's really the stress test for the hos- hospitals whether the hospital w- if it's uh, opening up the hospital can have enough uh, beds, enough uh, it won't be squeezed by the mass uh, uh, you know uh, quarantine period. So, mm. so I think that's uh, two factors. I think one, seniors, and the other, is the hospital, whether it's ready for these uh, new uh, cases.
1: For for investors, this is very confusing because they really don't know um, who to believe. Do they believe uh, yeah. the former head of uh, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, who's telling a conference yeah. that? things are going to change do they believe the current head or what current official who's saying no they're not Uh, isn't the answer though really the only person that you that should be listened to here is president xi jinping this is his policy he's the only one really who's going to decide if this comes to an end isn't it
4: yeah i think this is the confusion i think to the market to the public uh, 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 uh for sure the Xi has uh, has to give the final approval and uh, it was said that uh, you know the vice the uh, the old one uh, the the new head for responsible for this uh, new policies is mr wang hunin is the new political bureau uh, in in the in this group so Uh, so it's really i think uh, uh, whether the government is ready to to welcome this uh, new cases Mm. and uh, whether the hospital uh, resources can be won't be squeezed Uh, especially uh, it's also when you open up from the west from the outside uh, you look at hong kong cases uh, so i think uh, for given the 1.4 billion uh, population in china so, so, especially in the, agri, uh, the rural area, whether it's ready or not. Okay. That's another factor.
1: Okay, yeah, then, well, thank you for that analysis. Much appreciated. That's Shen Wu, who's the chairman of Zheng Bao. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a look at the markets in Australia. The SX200 uh, is up 0.4%. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 has risen 0.6%. Cosby in South Korea, also up 0.6%. does look like, though, it's going to be volatile trading in Hong Kong this morning. Uh, The Hang Seng currently looking like uh, it's going to open about 30 points lower. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Coming up after the news, back chats with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy, one or two rain patches in the morning, bright during the day, maximum temperature around 24 degrees, and it's going to become fine with temperatures rising in the next few days. 20 degrees right now, 89% relative humidity.
0: Times 8.31. Here's Ben Che with the half-hour news. Australia have stunned defending champions Fiji at the Hong Kong Sevens, winning 20 points to 17. It's the first time they've won the tournament in nearly 35 years. More details from Todd Harding. Fiji scored two tries early on to amass a 12-0 lead, but Australia, who last won the title in Hong Kong in 1988, clawed it back to 12-5 with a try from Henry Hutchison, before the gong went for the end of the first half. Shortly after the second half started, Tim Clements made it 12-10, before Waisei Nakuku extended Fiji's lead again to 17-10. But Australia had their tails up, and Henry Hutchison got his second try of the match. With time running out and Fiji down to six men, Nathan Lawson crossed the line to give the Aussies a dramatic victory and leave their players in tears. Chief Executive John Lee says the success of the Sevens has proven that Hong Kong has ushered in a new chapter and returned to the world stage. He also described the event as a demonstration of the Pearl of the Orient shining brighter than ever. The CE watched some of the games yesterday and presented the Australians with the trophy. The head of the United Nations has told a major climate summit that global warming is changing the world at a catastrophic pace. Antonio Guterres was speaking at the start of the COP27 summit in Egypt. In a video message, he said the planet was sending a distress signal, and he described the UN's latest climate report as a chronicle of chaos.
4: The latest state of the global climate report is a chronicle of climate chaos. As the World Meteorological Organization saw so clearly, Change is happening with catastrophic speed, devastating lives and livelihoods on every continent. The last eight years have been the warmest on record, making every heat wave more intense and life-threatening, especially for vulnerable populations. Sea levels
0: are rising at twice the speed of the 90s. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good
5: morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. For the first part of today's programme, we're looking at tobacco controls, uh, including the idea of creating a smoke-free generation. The Council on Smoking and Health has proposed that uh, local residents who were born in 2009 or after... Should be banned from buying cigarettes by 2027. New Zealand has already adopted the same approach, banning anyone born in 2008 or after from purchasing cigarettes. The government advisor has also proposed a doubling current tobacco tax by 2024 as well as expanding the city's uh, non-smoking areas to cover taxi and bus stands and after 9.15 with the return of the Rugby Sevens after a three and a half year break we'll be talking about the development of the sport in Hong Kong. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 Email us at backchat at rthk hk.hk, or you can give us a call on two double three double eight two double six, and we're now joined by two guests, uh, Dr Judith Mackay, honorary professor at Hong Kong University's School of Public Health, and at senior policy advisor to the World Health Organization, and also on the line Daniel Ho, an associate professor at Hong Kong User uh, School of Public Health. Uh, good morning to you both. Um, perhaps uh, uh, Judith Mackay, if we could come to you first. Hello, thanks for. Ju-